As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate. Cradio. Grace and Truth, talking with Archbishop Julian. So we're back once again with another episode of Grace and Truth, talking with Archbishop Julian. Uh, so it's 20 years since St. John Paul II wrote Fidus et Ratio, um, his encyclical letter on faith and reason. What's the significance of this document 20 years on? Uh, the fact that we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of this document this year has caused me just to take a moment to uh, revisit the document, to think of the major themes of this document, particularly in the light of where we're at in civilization, Western civilization, in in particular. Of course, the, the Pope addresses this question of faith and reason, these two key elements that influence the the shape and understanding of truth uh, about human life, about the universe, and particularly too about the meaning of the human person, the destiny of the human person. When we look at the question of faith firstly, fides, faith, um, one of the things that really uh, strikes me is that we are going through a phase in Western civilization where people are losing a confidence in the notion of faith. And indeed, one would say that faith is actually declining. Uh, Certainly statistics are revealing this. In Australia now, the, the largest single body of people in relation to faith and religious observance are those who profess to have no faith. So we're seeing a very significant shift in our society whereby people are doubting the, the value of and, and have an understanding of the nature of faith. So this document, which talks about the importance of faith, is, I think, very relevant for us at this moment in our history. And, of course, the second element is this element of reason. Um, and, and the question in a society that has become firstly highly individualized and where one would say the focus is has moved away from, if you like, an intellectual approach to the big issues of life to more a focus upon, if you like, the, the emotional response, um, what uh, the philosopher uh, Alastair McIntyre calls emotivism, the idea that emotion largely shapes the way we perceive things and what we decide to be true. So I think at this moment in our society, particularly in the unfolding of Western civilization, this document has, uh, has a relevance and perhaps in a way it has a very particular prophetic dimension to it. Yeah, what do you think is really our, um, as humans, our capacity for truth? We see um, that we have a certain appreciation um, for, for people who pursue truth, who pursue knowledge. Um, and a, an example of this in our own time, I guess, is how people responded to the death of Stephen Hawking, um, someone who, who, I guess, pursued truth in the realm of, of physics. And people had a great appreciation for him because of that. Now, we recognize that in our culture, um, but what, what I guess would the church have to say and what would our own reflections have to say on our capacity for truth? I think this is a very important question at, at, this, at this time because there is a, a doubt in, in the minds of many, many people that truth can actually be found. 
Um, now, this despite the great advances in science and in technology, where one would think surely modern people would have a greater confidence that we can actually identify truth as such. However, we're finding the opposite happening, even with all the advances that are taking place and even with the extraordinary contribution of a, of a man like Hawking to the pursuit of truth and particularly the area of cosmology. Uh, we're finding in a strange kind of way that people are not confident that they can identify truth. And so we have what is often called a relativism, where people would say, well, I have a certain perception of what is true. This is what's true for me. But you may have a different perception and you may have something which you believe is true for you. In other words, they would say they cannot identify any objective truth. This is where I think the opening words of Fides et Ratio of Pope St. John Paul II are very, very relevant. And I think he here identifies something which is really critical in this whole issue of both faith and reason. If I, may, if I may quote, he begins the document by saying, faith and reason are like two wings on which the human spirit rises to the contemplation of truth. Now, what I find very interesting in that statement is the idea of the Pope's confidence, firstly, that the human spirit does desire truth. And, and this is something which would be debated today, or people would say that the truth can't actually be found. Uh, what the Pope is saying, there, there is the human spirit, and there's a human aspiration to seek the truth. And I think that's always been the, the case. The, the, the great advances in science and technology have, have really been simply that, a desire to find the truth, to understand things, to work things out, to find out how things work. So there is in, in our own tradition, particularly in the advances in science and technology, a great desire to learn, to understand, to find truth. And yet at the very same time, there are people who doubt that truth can be found. So I think the affirmation of Pope St. John Paul II at the very beginning of this document is, is very, very important. And he goes on to, to say, God has placed in the human heart a desire to know the truth. Now, I think that is, in fact, the case. And I believe every human being would, would, would say, yes, I do seek truth. I do want to know truth. I, I see the need for an understanding or, or grasp of what is, in fact, true. Not just true truth in the terms of, uh, of science or technology, but the ultimate truths, the truths about the nature of the human person, the truths about who am I, what is my destiny, what is my purpose, what is the meaning to my existence, these deeper and more profound truths about the nature of human life. I believe it's true that every single human person searches for truth, searches for meaning, searches for an understanding and the Pope then says that the two wings upon which the human spirit can soar to find these truths are faith and reason. And as I said before, in the current climate of, of, uh, of the way people are seeing things, both these elements are very much in question. And so I think revisiting this document and considering its content 
is very important at this present moment. What's really been the church's traditional, I guess you could say, um, approach and engagement to faith and reason? When we look back over um, the history of Christianity, what we noticed from, really from the very beginnings uh, was that the, the church did in fact engage in the cooperation of both faith and reason. We've never considered them to be uh, in competition with each other to say there's a truth that's going to be found through faith, there's another truth that's going to be found through reason and the two aren't going to, to come together. We've always believed that faith and reason work together and that there is insight that comes from faith, there's insight that can come from reason, and both of these can help in the recognition and understanding of truth. And this has certainly been the, the tradition of the church. And so from the very early stages of the church, as it sought to particularly understand the mystery of, of Christ, it engaged in the use of philosophical thought, particularly Greek and, uh, philosophical thought. So for, for the very beginnings, uh, the church had no hesitation in drawing on philosophy, in drawing on, if you like, human pursuit of truth to work in a complementary way with this understanding of faith, which particularly, of course, came through sacred scripture. I'm very conscious of the fact at the present moment that every Sunday at Mass, we say the Nicene Creed. Now, that Nicene Creed is, is a classic expression of the combination of the, the faith that has been revealed to us through sacred scripture and revealed to us particularly through the actual coming the incarnation of Christ, the coming of Christ amongst us, God being made a human being and, and living human life. This revelation of, of, uh, of God about himself in Christ has, was then able to be, if you like, hammered out to clarify its actual, how we can actually understand this. How do we understand Christ being both God and man? And knowing that this is a revelation of scripture, then the fathers of the church also drew upon the intellectual tradition, particularly from the Greek thought, to help us, if you like, hammer it out in doctrinal formulation that we now use every time we say, say the creed. So from the very beginning, the church uh, drew on philosophical thought to assist it in being able to expound, explain uh, what are the truths of the faith. So our tradition has always been that faith and reason work together. And there's always been this confidence in human reason to say this is a God-given gift. This is a capacity. The, the human mind has a capacity to search for truth, to find truth. But it works together with faith. I mean, one of the other elements is that the human person, of course, while has, has an aspiration to find truth, is also, we're also limited and at times the human mind can be darkened. At times the human mind can lose its way. At times the human mind has actually led down paths that have, have taken it away from truth. So the human capacity for truth, if you like, needs to have the contribution of faith. Just as faith itself, left to its own devices, can fall into a certain fideism or a certain Gnosticism without the use of, of reason as well. So the church understands that, that the use of reason can also be very helpful in the preservation of the soundness of faith. 
Why should Christians um, and, and Catholics in particular be troubled by this idea that, that truth or that the idea that we can understand, that truth can be revealed, that we can, I guess, attain truth um, is under attack? Why should they be troubled by this assault? I, I think uh, that the present moment, the, the uncertainty about the capacity to know truth really undermines people's ability to find the truth. If you, if you don't believe that there is an objective truth, or if you just settle for say, well, I, this is what I feel is true, I've kind of enclosed truth within my own capacity to find it. And, and in that, often there's a tendency not to be open to other sources or even to listen to other uh, ideas that may influence or shape or change what we actually perceive. So this heightened individualism coupled with a strong focus on emotion rather than intellect uh, can lead actually to, to danger where we get caught up in what you call, could call groupthink, that people are just shaped by ideas that are flowing through the society but have lost a certain critical capacity to assess the validity of certain positions and people can kind of flow with the tide of opinion or views. Uh, and this, I think, is very damaging not only to the individual but also to the society. Belief that there is an objective truth and we search for it, we test it and we engage in dialogue, we engage at times in robust uh, discussion uh, looking at countering, countering views, I think it's a healthy thing because it's a way in which we can individually and as a society identify truth and, and seek to enshrine it as an inspiration to our life. The, other, the risk of the other alternative is that we actually atomise ourselves and we develop a certain cocoon around our own thinking and, and uh, that limits our capacity to actually grow and mature and have a full understanding of what is the final truth, particularly the truth about the nature of the human person, the meaning and purpose of human life. In the church's efforts to evangelise, particularly in recent times, there's been a real, uh, I guess you could say, enthusiasm uh, about trying to show that the church's teachings, that the teachings of, of Christianity, um, that our beliefs are reasonable. Um, it's with a certain irony that that's the sort of thing that had been under attack for, for a couple of centuries, is that is that Christianity is not reasonable. And yet now, even reason itself is under attack. Um, given this, the popularity of emotivism, um, how should the church respond? Um, how should individual Christians respond in the attempt to evangelize people in a world where even reason now uh, is something that doesn't really take um, people very far in, in embracing truth since they, they kind of doubt it? <laughs> it's a very big challenge because uh, a lot of people can just dismiss the capacity of reason um, to lead to truth. But I think what is important, and that's why I think revisiting this document is important, is to remind us that, that truth can be found and that reason and faith work in a complementary way to discover truth. I think we need to say this firstly to society. This is possible. Truth can be found. There is a truth out there, if you like, that can be discovered. I think it's also important that, that we don't surrender to the age and, and give up on trying to present rational argument 
for what we believe and to show that there is a healthy complementarity between faith and reason because there can be a strong tendency around now to, to reject faith as being superstitious, as not being in any way subject to reason, where we say, no, we believe that faith and reason do work together and that actually reason is something which has a, a rightful place in the life of somebody who has faith. A person who has faith is not somebody who rejects reason. It's not somebody who just has a darkened mind influenced by certain certain superstitious ideas or, or attitudes. So I think we need to be able, we need to keep saying to our society, we, we, we believe firstly that faith is something which is a source of truth, revelation from God. We secondly believe that the human mind has a capacity to think, to reason, to find its way towards the truth, and that the, the two can and should be complementary and, and work together. I think we just need to keep saying this, even if people do at this stage find it difficult to accept it, because this is a, a fundamental truth about human life. We need the contribution, the mutual contribution of faith and reason to find the truth. Thank you very much, Your Grace. Um, and yes, we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, it's something that I think that, that our listeners can reflect upon and to go and, and, and read Fidus et Ratio. It's free online on the Vatican website. Um, so until next time, thank you and God bless. Thank you very much, Luke. You have been listening to Grace and Truth, talking with Archbishop Julian. For more talks, interviews and shows, visit cradio.org.au.